Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 241 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's definitely a little bit overdue, and I also want to give a shout-out to Michael for sending me an email and reminding me to circle back and talk about this topic, and that is the passing of former Ranger defenseman Jim Nielsen. He died earlier this month at the age of 78. It's something that I meant to get to. I know that when it happened, the Rangers' official Twitter page. They put out a tweet, you know, mourning the passing of Jim Nielsen, and I retweeted it, and it was something that I meant to get to. It's totally on me. I should have gotten to it earlier than I did, but we're going to talk about Jim Nielsen today. Uh, We're also going to get into several teams opting out of the ECHL season, including the Rangers affiliate, the Maine Mariners. And then finally, we're going to also take a look at the final 10 goalies who were selected in the 2000 NHL draft, because in our last episode, and if you missed that, I definitely recommend going back, starting there, listen to that one before you listen to this one. But in our last episode, we went through the Lundquist 21, as I called it. And basically what we did there is we took a look at all 21 goalies who were drafted ahead of Henrik Lundquist in the 2000 NHL draft, just kind of compared and contrasted their careers to the career of the king, Henrik Lundquist, and just wanted to look and see if there was anybody who made any NHL All-Star games, who won any Stanley Cups, who won a Vesna or was a Vesna candidate, and just kind of compare and contrast. Like I said, there were some good goalies picked ahead of Henrik Lundqvist, but there was nobody that could hold a candle to the king. But definitely go back and check that one out first. But today, like I said, we're going to start with the passing of Jim Nielsen and just talk about his life and his career a little bit here. Like I said, passed away at the age of 78 earlier this month. And again, something I definitely meant to get to earlier, but we'll talk about him today. Uh, Some of you, I'm sure, already know about Jim Nielsen. He was nicknamed Chief, born in Big River, Saskatchewan. He started his NHL career with the Rangers in the 1962-1963 season. His final season in the NHL came in 1977-1978. There was a 2009 book entitled 100 Ranger Greats, and the authors ranked Jim Nielsen as the number 42 greatest Ranger from the franchise's first 82 seasons. So definitely somebody who might be a little bit underrated, somebody who maybe we don't hear quite enough about. But yeah, I mean, number 42, all-time greatest Ranger throughout the franchise's first 82 seasons. That's no joke right there. That's very, very impressive. He's also a member of the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame, having been inducted in 2018, just two years before his passing. And you know, one of the things that I like to do whenever I'm talking about a player from yesteryear is kind of look up all their career highlights, all their career accolades, Did he win a Stanley Cup? Did he make any all-star teams? Uh, Which teams did he play for? What was his best season? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing that kind of bummed me out here, I looked at his career numbers, and I knew right away, without even checking, without having to do any research whatsoever, that Nielsen never won a Stanley Cup because we all know that the Rangers won the Stanley Cup in 1940, and then you have the 54-year curse, and they won it again in 1994. But Nielsen played with the Rangers in the 60s and 70s, so sadly, you immediately know he did not win a Stanley Cup with the Blue Shirts. Now, Nielsen at least made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in the 1971-1972 season, but the Rangers were defeated four games to two by the Boston Bruins that season. As we said, the Rangers never won the Cup in the Nielsen years, but Nielsen did help the Rangers make the playoffs eight straight seasons from 1966-1967 to 1973-1974, and then 1973-1974 was also his last season with the Rangers. Then at the end of his career, he spent another two seasons in the NHL with the California Golden Seals and his final two seasons with the Cleveland Barons. So, yeah, unless I really missed something here, I can tell you guys that the California Golden Seals and the Cleveland Barons never won a Stanley Cup. So, unfortunately, that's the one thing Jim Nielsen didn't get to do throughout his career. Again, he at least got to the finals the one year with the Rangers, though they were defeated in six games by the Boston Bruins. And then, 
After his days in the NHL were concluded, Nielsen played one more season of hockey in 1978-1979 with the Edmonton Oilers. They were competing in the WHA at the time, and interestingly enough, that same season, the season that Nielsen spent there, 1978-1979, that was also the final season of the WHA, and uh, Nielsen's Oilers made it to the finals, but they were defeated by the Winnipeg Jets four games to two in what they called the Avo Cup Finals. Uh, as far as his time with the Rangers, I mean, that's obviously when he played his best hockey. That's where he made his greatest impact. He was a four-time All-Star with the New York Rangers. Uh, I would say his best season, probably 1967-1968, when he was one of two defensemen on the NHL's second All-Star team. So that's obviously very prestigious there. That season, he scored six goals, had 29 assists. The 29 assists were the third highest total of his career. And the six goals were the fourth most. And that same season, he also came in fourth place in the Norris Trophy voting. But unfortunately, 19-year-old Bobby Orr won the award that season. And then two years later, in 1969-1970, Nielsen once again was up for the Norris Trophy. This time he came in fifth place. Bobby Orr once again won the award that season. And also... As far as accolades are concerned, in Nielsen's rookie season, all the way back in 1962-1963, uh, he came in fifth place in the Calder Memorial Trophy voting for Rookie of the Year. It was won that season by Kent Douglas. But career NHL numbers, Jim Nielsen played 1,074 regular season games. Only 348 players in history have played 1,000-plus NHL games, so that's very impressive in its own right just to get to 1,000 games. He scored 69 goals. 299 assists for a total of 368 points in those 1,074 games. So, you know, for a defenseman, he definitely had the ability to chip in offensively when needed. In 65 playoff games, he also scored one goal and had 17 assists. But he was mostly known as a tough, hard-nosed, stay-at-home defense and just kind of an old-school throwback player. I mean, I guess at the time, he wasn't really old-school. He was just kind of playing the brand of hockey that was being played at the time. But yeah, obviously, you know, mostly known for his defensive chops, if you will. Uh, one other interesting note about Nielsen, he was actually in an orphanage as a kid. He went to live at an orphanage at the age of five, and then he debuted in the NHL at the age of just 20. So in just a few years, he goes from leaving an orphanage to playing for the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden, which is really wild to think about crazy stuff. But uh, obviously, Jim Nielsen, uh, rest in peace. He obviously had a great, great career with the New York Rangers, went on to play for a couple of other teams as well. But yeah, I mean, 12 years with the blue shirts, uh, a guy who probably is a little bit underrated for his career. Like I said, uh, that really stood out to me when I saw that he was the number 42 greatest Ranger of all time, at least according to that one book that ranked the Rangers best players throughout their first 82 years of existence. So tremendously impressive. And again, rest in peace to Mr. Jim Nielsen. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go will help you break through your wall. It is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. And I can tell you from experience, it's a fantastic product to use before playing baseball, tennis, or even frisbee golf. Built Go comes to us all from the same people who brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. It will help you break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Go. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. 
Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Okay, I also wanted to talk about what's going on in the ECHL right now. There are 26 teams in the ECHL, and the entire North Division is ceasing operations for this season. That includes the Rangers ECHL affiliate, the Maine Mariners. It also includes the Adirondack Thunder, the Brampton Beasts, the Newfoundland Growlers, the Reading Royals, and the Worcester Railers. And two other teams had previously opted out of the season. Those are the Norfolk Admirals and the Atlanta Gladiators. So they also will not participate. And that list that I just gave you from all these different teams, it includes affiliates of the Devils, Bruins, Senators, Maple Leafs, Flyers, and Islanders. Uh, the Norfolk Admirals team is actually an independent team. So they don't, they're not officially affiliated with any NHL team. But yes, those eight teams will not participate in the ECHL this season. Under the terms of the league CBA, all of the players on these teams are now free agents for the 2020-2021 season. So basically, it sounds like they can jump onto any other team in another league if that's what they desire to do. And look, obviously, these teams canceling their season, it's unfortunate for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's just a very sobering reminder that coronavirus is still impacting lives around the globe. And Again, I can't stress this enough. I know coronavirus has caused a lot more heartache, a lot more hardship, a lot more tragedy than simply canceling the season of some hockey teams in the ECHL. I get that, but this is still unfortunate. Obviously, these players, they don't get to have an ECHL season, but it also impacts people you don't always necessarily think of right away. It impacts the employees of the team, everyone from people who work in hockey production to the game night crew to the vendors the security guards, a lot of people are affected by this. So it really does suck that, you know, a lot of these teams in the ECHL are not going to get to play this season. Uh, by that same token, I'm not going to sit here and find fault with any of these teams for ceasing operations because they don't think it's safe. They want to prevent the spread of coronavirus. And again, I can't find fault with anything that could potentially save lives. So I'm not going to kill any of these teams for doing this. As far as the other 18 teams in the league, I'm not sure how that's going to work either. I mean, we'll see if they allow fans into the arena. Maybe you allow a, a limited capacity. Uh, I would imagine they might alter the playoff structure a little bit for the ECHL because typically 16 of 26 teams make the playoffs. So I don't think they would have a situation where 16 out of 18 teams are going to get into the postseason, maybe cut it down to eight out of the 18. Uh, we'll see. Uh, as of now, only 13 teams have officially confirmed that they will play this season, and they're actually going to start on December 11th. So we're not too far away from the start of the ECHL season. There are an additional five teams that are looking to begin on January 15th. All teams in the ECHL have a deadline of November 30th to opt out of the season, but the 13 teams that have confirmed that they will play this season will play a 72-game schedule. The other five teams, which are slated to start on January 15th, will play a 62-game schedule. Standings will be based on winning percentage. Uh, again, I'm not sure if there's going to be a limited amount of fans allowed into the arena. As far as the teams in the North Division, the additional two teams that are not going to play next season, it sounds like they didn't even want to take any chances with an empty arena because I think that becomes an option before canceling your entire season as well. Maybe let's just try to play this season without any fans in the stands. Uh, but like I said, those eight teams deemed that it was not safe to do so. And as a result, eight teams will not be participating in the ECHL this season. But we do have a quote here from the ECHL commissioner, Ryan Creelan. He says, as we continue to navigate the continually changing regulations across North America. We recognize the difficult nature of this decision. While some of our team's host cities have allowed upcoming plans to include fans inside arenas, we unfortunately do not see the same path for these highly affected areas in the Northeast. 
And really, you know, all this is starting to sound very familiar, isn't it? This is basically what's happening with the NHL. Now, the NHL, of course, they don't have teams that are individually opting out of the season, but it's a similar situation where we still have more questions than answers. We're kind of in a holding pattern, and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens in the ECHL. But it's very unfortunate that circumstances have dictated that the Rangers affiliate, uh, the main Mariners, and seven other teams will not be participating in the league this season. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. All right, so what I thought we could do to wrap up for the day here is basically just a continuation, a part two of yesterday's episode, if you will. And like I said at the intro of the show today, if you have not heard yesterday's episode of Locked On New York Rangers, I definitely recommend going back and starting there. We do the Lundqvist 21, where we take a look at all 21 goalies selected before Henrik Lundqvist in the 2000 NHL draft. It was a lot of fun to just kind of go through the list and basically just kind of uh, compare and contrast all these goalies' careers to the career of the king. Again, Basically, there was nobody there who could even hold a candle to Henrik Lundqvist. There were some good goalies selected, but Henrik Lundqvist, far and away the best goalie of the 2000 NHL draft. But what I want to do now to just kind of be a completionist and just kind of put a bow on this entire segment here, we're going to take a look at the 10 goalies who were actually selected after Henrik Lundqvist in the 2000 NHL draft and just see, were there any other diamonds in the rough? Was there anybody who uh, made it to the NHL? Did anybody do anything of note? I'm not going to go into as much detail today as I did yesterday. Uh, First of all, because... A lot of these goalies are very obscure, and there's only so much information available about them. And secondly, we don't have quite as much time here today as we had in yesterday's episode where we devoted the entire uh, episode to the Henrik Lundqvist 21. So just going to go through the list here real quick for you guys. Like we said, Henrik Lundqvist was drafted 205th overall by the New York Rangers. He was the 22nd goalie selected in the draft. After that, you go to later in the seventh round, going number 221 overall was Aaron Molnar, selected by the Colorado Avalanche. 226 overall was Brian Eklund, taken by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then if we jump ahead to round eight, number 233 overall was Alexander Pulakayoff, who was selected by the Tampa Bay Lightning. 235 overall was Craig Kowalski, taken by the Carolina Hurricanes. 240 overall, Adam Burkhole, selected by the Chicago Blackhawks. 243 was Yoni Parola, taken by the Montreal Canadiens. 261 was Reinhard Divis, taken by the St. Louis Blues. And then if we go to round nine, this is the final round of the draft. The NHL draft was nine rounds back then as opposed to just seven like it is today. But number 280 overall was Nick Boucher, taken by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Number 282 overall, Carl Gron, taken by the Los Angeles Kings. 285 overall was Blake Ward, taken by the Colorado Avalanche. 
Of those 10 goalies I just mentioned, the 10 goalies taken after Henrik Lundqvist in the 2000 NHL draft, only three of them made it to the NHL. Uh, one of them was Brian Eklund, and he played in all of one game in the NHL. That was in 2005-2006 for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which was the same team that drafted him. For anyone wondering, he stopped 16 of 19 shots in that game, but was saddled with the loss. And then you've also got Adam Burkhol. He also made it to the NHL. He played nine games. He was drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks, but he actually played all nine of those games in his NHL career with the Atlanta Thrashers, and all nine of those games occurred in the 2005-2006 season. He went 2-4-1, and one, had a 3.80 goals against average and an 882 save percentage, so uh, didn't really show a whole lot in his brief NHL career. And then the third and final goalie who made it to the NHL, who was drafted after Henrik Lundqvist that season, was Reinhard Divis, who played 28 games. All 28 of those games occurred with the St. Louis Blues. They were indeed the team that drafted him. And those games were spread across four seasons from 2001-2002 through 2005-2006. He went 6-9-2-1 with a 332 goals against average and 880 save percentage. So in case anyone was wondering if there are any additional diamonds in the rough in this NHL draft as far as goalies selected after Henrik Lundqvist? I think you now have your answer. No, there were not. Only three out of the 10 goalies selected after Lundqvist ever appeared in the NHL, and between them, they combined for just 38 career NHL games. So yeah, Henrik Lundqvist just kind of reiterates what we already knew. He was clearly the cream of the crop in this NHL draft, the best player in this NHL draft. I mean, forget about goalies for a second. He was the best player taken in the 2000 NHL draft. And there were some very good players in this draft. Uh, maybe not as loaded as some other drafts that we've seen, but, you know, Rick DiPietro, we all, we all know he went number one, and obviously that did not work out with the Islanders. But Danny Heatley was drafted number two overall. Uh, Marion Gabarik was number three. Scott Hartnell was number six. Mr. Game 7 himself, Justin Williams, was number 28. So there were definitely some good players in this draft, but for my money, far and away, Henrik Lundqvist, the absolute best player taken in the 2000 NHL draft, and it happened in the seventh round, him going number 205 overall. It really is unbelievable. It bears repeating over and over and over again. And uh, what else can be said? He's the king, just an absolutely fantastic career with the New York Rangers, and now he gets to continue to chase the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. We will see how that goes. I'm sure we'll all be uh, keeping a close eye on Henrik Lundqvist for this upcoming season. That's going to pretty much do it for today, guys, but definitely come back next week. We're going to have another edition of This Week in Ranger Hockey. People seem to enjoy that. We're just going to kind of jump from thing to thing all around the uh, the Ranger timeline, basically, just jumping from one era to another. Anything noteworthy that happened this week in Ranger Hockey throughout the years. And the other thing I definitely want to get into, some of the other Locked On NHL hosts have already done this, is they've taken a look at the NHL retro jerseys. Of course, I talked about the Rangers Lady Liberty jerseys. I think they're awesome. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is the Rangers didn't really do a lot of winning when they were wearing those Lady Liberty jerseys, so that makes me a little bit nervous, but the jerseys weren't winning and losing those games. The Rangers just weren't very good back then, so hopefully it goes a little bit better the second time around breaking out the Lady Liberty jerseys. But what I want to do is take a look at some of the best retro jerseys that have been unveiled and some of the worst ones, because every team in the NHL is doing this. They're going to, at least on occasion for this upcoming season, assuming there is a season, they're going to be wearing retro jerseys. And I have a lot of thoughts on these. There's some really sharp jerseys, some really cool looking jerseys. There's some that are a little bit over the top, but I think in a fun way. There's some that are kind of plain. There's some teams that didn't really seem like they really wanted to take any chances or do anything too much different from their normal jersey. But we're going to be talking about all that next week. I'm going to go through some of the best jerseys, some of the worst jerseys, just my opinion. But speaking of which, what I'd like to do right now is invite all you guys who are listening right now to send me an email. You guys take a look at the retro jerseys. Uh, all 31 teams are participating. 
you guys can go ahead and send me an email of your favorite three retro jerseys and your least favorite three retro jerseys. And if you want, you can even include a short explanation as to why you like certain jerseys and why you don't like other jerseys. You know, just give me uh, just two or three sentences. Don't go crazy with it. But uh, what I'll do is if I get enough responses here, I can read a couple of them on the air. I I'm definitely curious to find out what you guys think about these jerseys because this is something that is obviously very subjective. Uh, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak. There's going to be jerseys that some of us think are awesome, some of us don't like so much. I'm curious. I don't want to just share my opinion. I want to hear your guys' opinion. I want to hear which jerseys do you think are awesome, which jerseys do you think are just kind of lame. So go ahead, send an email. Let me know which jerseys are the best, which jerseys are the worst. Send that email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. You could also, if you prefer to go the Twitter route, you can DM me on there at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. So definitely reach out. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. What are your favorite jerseys? What are your least favorite jerseys of the retro series? The only other thing I wanted to mention today, we still have spots available in the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League as far as when the draft is going to be. I don't know yet. I mean, we're still kind of figuring out when the actual NHL season is going to occur. I know they're still shooting for January 1st, but that's very much touch and go at this point. But I've heard from a lot of you, we're into double digits. We can still add more fantasy hockey players to the league, however. So if you want to claim a spot in the fantasy league, definitely send an email to me or tweet me. Do whatever you got to do. Get in touch with me somehow and claim your spot now because, you know, we will have to cap it at a certain point. But yes, that will do it for today, guys. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next time.